What's going on, guys? Thanks for checking out another Eastern Current podcast. <laughs> I couldn't remember if this was one of our new Patreon-exclusive podcasts that we've been doing, or if it was just a podcast when I started it. But um, with that being said, if you want, I know we haven't been getting out a podcast every week here on the public platform. We're gonna. It's not. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be getting out a podcast every week. But transitioning to duck season, Mike's been on a 18-day road trip. <laughs> Cameron and Jeff have been busy. Uh, and it's just been a tough time of year. I know I keep saying that over and over again, but as we get into the winter, we're going to have a lot more time to do podcasts, so we're going to be putting putting out a lot. But we are putting out a new podcast every single week on Patreon. You can go subscribe and help us out there. Um, we're doing you know full-length podcast episodes over there. So definitely go check that out. Uh, the, the link to our Patreon page will be in the show notes on any of the podcast platforms as well as on the, in the description here on the YouTube video. So... Um, go check that out. If you have always just listened to our podcast, audio f- style, old school, I guess, radio style, yeah. come check out our YouTube page because we've got a bunch of other content on there that um, on the water stuff, some hunting stuff, fishing stuff, um, a lot of stuff that you, you can't just listen to. you got to watch the video. So um, that's my little plug. We're going to get into talking about trout fishing, the fall it's grind, fair. chasing that old speckled <laughs> fang tooth snaggle buck <laughs> snaggle buck is definitely not a word for a trout a term for a trout snaggle tooth um fang fang fever yeah what's another good trout saying uh i think you've covered just about fang fever <laughs> doa thumper yellow mouth yellow mouth um yeah the old speckled trout oh. the old spotted sea trout the old i'm just kidding i'm, I'm done um we're just gonna kind of do a talk a lot about our what we've been doing lately fishing wise and what's been working and share that with y'all i've got some um stuff i want to bring home about the doa that i've, I've kind of learned a little bit more this year of how it's beauty and how you can not even with the doa just just fishing technique that that i haven't really done much of that has helped me out a lot lately so um we'll get into that but but mike how was your uh, how was your road trip it was good um 18 days Yep. Well, 21 days. So the first two, three days was, uh, we drove to Virginia for a friend of ours wedding. Was there for two days. Um, How was old Troy? Troy was good. It was good to see him. We didn't get to see him very much because everything with the wedding, but, um, Weddings are busy times. Yeah. Wedding was awesome. Reception was good. So had a lot of fun. Got to see some friends that we haven't seen in a long time. So that was nice. I had had to miss that wedding, but they picked a bad weekend where I had another wedding. It was Hannah's best friends to go to. So... Troy, I know you don't listen to this, but I'm sorry I didn't make it to your wedding. Uh, I need to probably text you and say that. But, um, but yeah, then you went out to Montana, then to New Mexico, yep. then to, yeah, that's cool, visiting some family. Montana, see uh, my aunt and uncle. So four days out there was, uh, to drive out there, three days with them. Got to do a little fishing and, uh, on the Madison up there, so that was fun. Where's the tackle shop? That's a new hat of yours. Yep, this is actually in Ennis. Is in Ennis, okay, yep. sweet. So, um, got in Ennis. Yeah. NNS. It's funny to say. NNS. But yeah, no, I got to talking to the guy up there. I bet y'all would have been good friends. He uh, does sled dog tours on the glaciers during the summer. And then That's cool. comes back and works at the fly shops and guides there in Ennis on the Madison and some of the other rivers. Yeah, because the Madison doesn't really lock up in the winter if you're up near the dam, right? Yeah, so the lower part around town. Right in Ennis will lock up some, but yeah, most of the farther north stuff around the lakes and all. Um, it stays open. We'll stay That's open. Sweet. So yeah, we got up there, got on a good midge hatch. So we watched. Because it's a tailwater, right? Madison's a t- 
part of it's a tailwater? Yeah. Because it comes out of a dam, right? Well, it comes out of Hedgen Lake and flows through a small section, and then there was an earthquake that come down and plugged up another section of it, and that's called Earthquake Lake, and then it comes out from there. No dams, so, just natural flowing. Um, I think Hedgen Lake has a dam, and then Earthquake Lake... Once the earthquake caused a landslide, they put in one there, but gotcha. it's just where they've removed more of the rubble and stuff for the water to flow. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, so I guess technically tell water in some sections, other sections not as much. I don't it's know. confusing. Yeah. I'd love to know the, like the, the, what a local's answer would be if it's tailwater or not. Yeah. So, but um, in the winter, who cares if it is or not, if it's open. Yeah. You know, if it, if it, I know some people don't like tailwaters, some people do like tailwaters, but... Um, no. That's enough freshwater talk. We're getting to. <laughs> me and Mike could talk about that for days too. Uh huh. But um, you glad to be back? Glad to be done driving? Yeah, glad to be back. Could you be, be a trucker? You think? No. Okay. No. It was it was awesome to see that much of the country because I've flown to Ennis um, and we've been to Louisiana, but Utah. If you've never been to Utah, just go to Utah. It you think Utah awesome. is prettier than Montana? Have you been to up the upper part of the mon- state in Montana? No, I haven't. So that was the thing. We did the southern part of South Dakota. We did um, northern part of Wyoming, and then the southern part. Slide of in Montana. towards the mic just a little bit, and just um, in case. Oh yeah, now you're loud. Okay. So with that, and turn your chair this towards me. Um, with that part of the, you know, that part of the state, we it was kind of a lot of like flat prairie land is what we saw for sure. Um. But got to see some of the Black Hills, the area around Mount Rushmore. So, but Utah, just how different the landscapes are. Yeah. Like you start in mountains, and you come out to kind of desert land. You see some more mountains, flat land, all the arches, different canyon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it a cool was, area. It was awesome. That's super cool. Um, so. Well, we'll get into talking about trout fishing. So while Michael was gone, I'd say we started to get a lot more migratory fish. Um, and our, our resident fish started to kind of behave like migratory fish and get into those patterns as well. So they've been targetable, um, in good numbers and with a lot of styles of fishing, you know, to be had. So it's been a fun time. I've had good days from the new river all the way down to, you know, bald head Oak Island area. So it's, uh, seems like two years ago, not last season, but the season before, Mm-hmm. was epic best anybody's seen it in like 20 years <laughs> last year sucked for the most part i mean it was okay we just didn't get many fish yeah this year seems to be in the middle of those okay. two maybe a little bit closer to sucking than epic but it doesn't yeah. suck it's it's good um as far as numbers of fish go <laughs> so that may not be the best way to describe it but not sucky but not epic yeah <laughs> good so, yeah. <laughs> it's good um so one thing that I've I've been doing, we've just come out of multiple days of high high wind, and mm-hmm. so you get into an area and it, you try to fish off the bank, swinging baits and bouncing baits like you normally would, and can get away with even in like fifteen mile an hour winds. But when it's blowing twenty five plus, you get so much belly in your line that you just can't work a bait correctly. You can't feel a bite, and your bait's not getting down. You think it is, but the belly in the line is keeping it from getting yeah. down. Um, and so I've, I've kind of, I don't think I've, I've developed these methods for myself. I'm sure other people do this. I'm not saying I've made this up, but one thing I've really started to do a lot on those high wind days, um, 
is getting on a bank that I know fish are on and sitting directly up current from them and, and dropping my bait back to them. And I call it, I kind of named it drop jigging. So I'll kind of, you know, just pitch it five feet off the side of the boat, 10 feet off the side of the boat, you know, and pop, pop, and then open my spool and let that bait fall back. But keep it, I'm not trying, I'm not letting any slack in it during that time. I'm letting it fall back tightly, but not putting any resistance on it. I'm not like throwing a big pile of slack in there and letting it fall back. And then I'll flip my bail and I'll follow it with the rod tip and then pop, pop, and then open my bail. So I'm literally, I'm still letting that bait sink and get down and you'll get it about 15, 20 feet behind the boat. You'll kind of figure out where those fish are. And I've had days where I've caught 20 fish behind, like directly behind the boat like that. Um, DOA works really well. We were getting them on a trout trick doing that the other day. Um, it, it's an effective way to. It's tricky. You got to get a couple fish first, and then kind of figure mm-hmm. out. Okay, this is how you do it. But um, you can also do that kind of the same same idea with a jerk bait. But you're bringing it yeah. back up current, um, or you can still drop it back, I guess, as well. Um, but you got to think outside the box when it's blowing thirty, and you want to go trout fish, or you have to go trout fish. Yeah. Um, ways that you can, you know, you can troll for them. I don't mm-hmm. do much trolling for them. I just don't find it fun to troll for trout unless I'm trying to locate fish. I've probably done it five times ever. Yeah. Uh, but but have you fished like that before, the drop jigging style? So typically what I do is I try to find somewhere that I can sit with the wind and the current coming together, which isn't always an option. But It limits your spot, your place as well. Yeah, it limits you that direction. But if you can find areas where you can kind of line the two up, a lot of times I'll put on like a big quarter ounce jig head and send it with the wind as far down current as possible. And I'll go with a heavier jig head and a little smaller bait. That way I can slow roll or work that bait up to the surface and get it up ahead of where I want to be at. And then I'll just let that rod tip kind of follow that bait and let it drop back. And then I'll reel up two or three reels, work it back to the surface and let it drop back down. Yeah. So essentially the same thing. It's just a different way of approaching. You're coming to the fish. I'm coming past the fish. Yeah. But um, that's about the only way that you can kind of work a bait yeah. when it's that windy but if you do that you can get your rod tip when like the way i fish i'll take and put my rod tip close to the water real fast and jerk it that way it kind of yeah comes up above them and then i'll try to let it drop in front of them and then kind of roll down to back to where you were right, essentially right. covering the entire amount of water but For sure um yeah i like that I the, the other thing i was doing the other day too was was fishing with the DOA directly up current. So like throwing, I was fishing a washout. So where there was like a lot of current coming towards me and I could throw out to the sides and swing it, but I was getting more bites throwing my bait and you could have probably done it with a lot of baits, but I just a lot of times throw a DOA for trout yeah. and throwing it directly up current and just holding my rod tip up and slowly reeling as that bait came back to me. I'm not retrieving it with the reel. Mm-hmm. I'm just slowly keeping that line just tight enough to feel a bite, not tight enough to affect the bait. Um, and then I'd pop, pop, and then let it fall and slowly reel. And yeah. I had a 25, 25 inch fish like that, fishing it straight back to the boat right in front of me. So, yeah, um, it's and an effective method. If you're new into this, I know this sounds weird. Go watch some of the freshwater guys, some of the bass fishing guys that, you know, fish kind of these same, a lot of these same like windy scenarios in some places. And just watch their rod tips, watch their line. Those guys have the knack yeah. for watching their line and seeing just the slightest movement in it. And they're like, there's a fish, you know? And a lot of times you're not able to fill it. You're not seeing the rod tip. 
you're seeing that little bit of line right where it goes into the water move or change or something different. Yeah, something unnatural. Yeah, and it's very difficult to learn, but it is something that if you put the time into it, it will make your fishing from here to here real fast. (coughs) Especially in those windy scenarios. Yeah, when you can accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, they're fishing freaking insanely light stuff in wind and and just watching their line. They're Mm -hmm. never going to feel a bite all day, and they might go catch 50 bass, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's it, there, there's a lot to learn from those old guys there. They're not all old. Most of them are young yeah. now, actually. Um, <laughs> a lot but, of them our age doing it. I know. We we chose the wrong profession. <laughs> guiding, taking other people fishing instead of making money fishing yourself. But uh-huh. I love guiding. Don't get me wrong. But I would also love to be paid to go fish for myself. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day if this if this uh, podcast takes off. Takes off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So both those methods, or all three of those methods, can be done with with any bait. Um, yep. You know, my take on on fishing, not oh, my take on fishing, my, just a lot of times with trout, it seems like the lightest bait you can get away with, achieve mm-hmm. lightest bait you can achieve what you want to achieve presentation wise is what you're going to do those bites on. Yeah. Um, so you know, it can be really. So many trout baits. Like you want to, f- you you want to feel that bait so much because you don't know if the fish are there. You're trying to like fish it through an area, yep. but but especially in wind, but also not in wind. Like trout fishing can take like a lot of concentration and focus on your cast and your retrieve, and like it can be one of those things that sometimes maybe you don't talk for a little bit and just really focus on your cast. Like especially if your buddy beside you is catching them and you're not catching them, yeah. and you're fishing the same thing. Really pay attention to what what he's doing and what you're doing and what's different, and really focus on that cast. Like the other day when it was really windy, it started to die off a little bit, and we could kind of sit off the bank and throw to it. I couldn't feel the bites at all. I was having to watch the line. Um, I could feel the, I could feel the bites once the wind died off a little bit more, but at first I was really having to watch that line no. to know that my I didn't have too much belly and to know that the bait was getting down. I couldn't just you know you, I really had to focus on it. If I started talking. I wouldn't get bit. The, every cast that I like didn't talk, threw it out there, watched the line, focused. I was getting a bite on it. So was my client. We were both yeah. able to kind of figure that out, but we, we had to focus so much on that cast. But it's rewarding when you really kind of pay attention to what's going on and, and, and focus and, and make happen what needs to happen. Yeah. So. Well, I would say this time of year for trout fishing, especially when they're starting to show up, some days they're on and it's just silly. Some days... They're there, but they just... They're there. They they take a certain, you know, like you said, either it's a very light eat, um, it can be a short strike, it feels like, you know, you bump the bottom, but it's them coming up and smacking the tail. They're going to tell you what you need to know, and then you've got to kind of be able to adjust from there. Yeah. So, um, but this is a time of year where you may have to go sit in a spot for... 30 minutes and break it down if you have confidence in that spot yeah you know don't go out give it five casts and move especially on high wind days or heavy current days whatever it is because you may just not have gotten your bait exactly where you needed it to be at for sure you know make multiple casts change out weight sometimes if it's heavier current and make sure that you're getting down all the way to the bottom um and you know really focus in on every little detail Trout are fish that that can really you really benefit from by figure like really focusing and finding out exactly what they want. Yeah, I've sat in a spot before for 10, 15 minutes, which I usually don't do often if I'm mm-hmm. not getting bit. But I like I know they're here. I know they're here, and finally fi- figured out the right bait or the right 
angle. Maybe it was just moving up the bank a little bit further. So one of my casts was a little bit further behind me. I had a little swing in it at that point. Like yeah. little things like that can definitely determine whether you're going to get bit in a spot or not. Mm-hmm. So especially if you get like two or three bites real quick and then it nice. stops, you're like, all right, I know there's some more fish here than that. I figure out how they, how they want it. So, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, right before I left, I felt like I kind of hit that little bit of transition period. I was fishing a lot down in the river and the trout are there and they're starting to move into their fall pattern spots, but I would go up to an area, I would get hit real quick and pick up one or two. And then it'd be like me and my clients, we just couldn't get anything. And I'm like, guys, do you mind if I fish a minute? Like, no. So, you know, I'd pick up a rod, I would make a couple casts, I'd swing the boat, reposition 10 feet, make a couple casts, we'd pick up some more fish. You know, reposition or slide back, slide over, and just finding that right current seam and the right angle. For sure. That was where the math finally added up to start finding them. Definitely. Definitely. uh, That's what's so fun about them is that puzzle that's ever changing. So, um, what are some of your go-to trout baits right now this time of year? Ooh. So, the other day... I actually, so talking about short strikes, thinking we were, you know, hitting the bottom, that kind of stuff. My guys were like, man, I feel like I'm just keep bumping oysters. So I picked up one of their baits and it was like, bam, bam, bam. But they were coming up and grabbing the tail. So, you know, right now, this time of year, I'm moving down to like a three inch um, Z-Man, Paddler Z's, whatever. Um, That smaller bait that still has a lot more action. And I'm stepping down my jig head size to eight three sixteenth just something to get that bait to fall real slow in that water column yeah um depending on current you know some of my current is pretty heavy i'll step up to a three sixteenths or even a quarter even with the smaller baits but that's kind of more of a specialized scenario but eighth and three sixteenths um with that is kind of i feel like my more go-to yeah right now sure. i know for you <laughs> it's gonna be well, DOA. <laughs> well, of course, I always fish the DOA a bunch, but the trout trick I've done really well on this year. I didn't fish a trout trick much last year. Um, last year did not. So not last year, but the year before, I went between the paddler Z and the trout trick, and it was like you know, <coughs> one spot would be on fire for one, the next spot on fire for the other. Last year, I think I caught three trout on trout trick. Yeah, it was. And you got to throw it too. I always remind myself that it's like, all right, I I hate on a bait. I didn't catch anything on that last year. Like, okay, I threw it a couple times. Bad taste in my mouth. Hung it up. But um, trout trick's a good bait. I know a lot of people fish other, you know, soft plastic worms, bass worms, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Those trout definitely like eating those small little sand eels and little uh, little like if you go out and gig at night and you see those little snakes, like Mm -hmm. I've cut trout up and had those little see snakes i don't even know what you want to call them in their stomach so yeah um i those long skinny profile baits definitely get bit by trout and, and another big thing with trout is like you can fish much larger baits than you think i mean if you're getting short strike for sure smaller baits but you'll catch 14 inch trout on seven inch swim baits like they'll eat yeah. really really big baits they're aggressive fish and um, especially now like they're trying to pile it on they're about to go into hibernation mode for the winter they want to get as much food in their belly um as they can so yeah well and that's you know one of the things too like you know anytime i have people on the boat i'll have like one person with a big bait one person with a small bait and you kind of figure out like which one they want so don't be afraid you know start with that bigger bait cover water because those fish are gonna they're still looking like you said to put on weight for the winter for sure so they're gonna eat it but once you catch a few if they turn off of it that might be when you have to start dialing back a little bit, Smaller getting base. a little bit more technical with them. For sure, yeah, it's so. there's so much to it, and that's that's what's so fun about it. But yeah, um, 
I love throwing a topwater this time of year, though, for mm-hmm. sure. Especially, like, I'm not going to throw a topwater all day, but I will throw it throughout the day, yep. not just morning and evening. But um, it's a great bait for this time of year, especially, you know, in those low light scenarios, early morning or overcast or in the evening. And a lot of times you're bigger mm-hmm. trout kong and, on, on a topwater. And, and yep. the other thing to think about, too, is like, you really want to think about weather patterns right now. Like what, what that weather's doing is going to dictate what you're going to catch those trout on. If you're on a warming pattern yeah. where it's been cool and you're starting, that water gets back up to like 60, excuse me, 60, 61, 62, throw a top water in the mornings and evenings. Yeah. Uh, those fish will look up and they'll, they'll smoke it for sure. Um, jerk baits, fish, a lot of jerk baits, a lot of mirror lures, heavy. I, I like the heavy Dean and current. I like the MR 17. If I'm not in current, yeah. um, I don't fish any of the bigger. Pro- I have a bunch of the bigger profile, Mirror lure baits, maybe the catch five. What is it? Catch two thousand or catch five thousand? Catch two thousand. I think catch two thousand. Yeah. Um, I fish the catch two thousand some. That's a great bait for mm-hmm. in the surf or just kind of swinging in some current. It's a little yeah. bit heavier. Um, but yeah, there's. I don't know. I, I would say my favorite bait is a DOA for sure, but um, it's just because I pick that up and throw it way more than I pick anything else up and throw it, and it catches fish. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that's one of those things where like, I feel like that's like a confident search bait for you. Yeah. You know. So, like, I really feel that if there's fish there that might eat something, they'll eat that. Yeah. So, um, have you messed around with many other colors in the DOA? No, I've, I've done some stuff with, like, the chartreuse tail, especially, like, in the trout tricks, like, shrimp po' boy and some yeah. of that. Um, and, I mean, I catch fish on them, but I feel like the the red flake for the DOA is just kind of the yeah the gold standard, That's per se. the gold standard, for sure. But, you know, once you get into, like, this is something that I haven't done a whole lot of, is, like, expand my color range. But right before I left, like, I picked up, uh, I mean, I fish Mood Ring and, like, the Trout Tricks, but I've never picked it up for, like, a Paddler Z or, you know, some kind of bait right, fish profile. Right. Like, I went, and they didn't have a whole lot. And I'm like, you know, this is a good time. I'm gonna, and I just got one of every color on the shelf, and it was, like, six different colors. I put on purple the other day, caught fish. Yeah. You know, so... Um, 99% presentation most of the time. Yeah, the exactly. But, you know, there are going to be days where they're going to start looking for different colors or slightly different pattern. Yeah. And, you know, having that in your arsenal is going to be the ticket. For sure. So Yeah, there's two mindsets, trout fishing. And, you know, I think that there's not one right one. And I think as a single person, you should play both sides of the fence or I don't know if that's a saying, but you should try both. Yeah. Um, sometimes just sticking with one bait that you're really confident in and finding those areas of fish are going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Other times switching a lot of baits up and figuring out what bait's going to be the, the ticket. So I would say more yeah. times than not, I put on the DOA and I stick with that until I find the fish that will eat the DOA. And usually it's all the fish that I find will eat it. But um, no. who knows maybe there's times where I've put that thing through multiple multiple fish I will see times when I'm seeing them blow up a bunch of mullet trout yeah that I don't have as much luck on the DOA yeah and I so. think that's just what they're keyed into and also you I know? think it has to do with where they're sitting in the water column like yeah. they're sitting higher in the water column to eat the mullet my DOA shrimp's going underneath them so. yeah well and that was going to be something else I was going to say like you were talking about fishing in the top water Top water to me is deeper water, like five or more plus feet of water is where I'm going to focus with the top water. Don't get me wrong. They're going to eat it in two or three feet of water. But typically, I feel like if the trout are, it's kind of more rare, I feel like, that the trout are sitting that shallow. You know, so like top water, they will eat it there. But I feel like most of my top water eats come from 
five plus feet of water, yeah. you know, where they can have that time to sit underneath it, look at it, come over them and then ambush it. Yeah. For sure. You know, so picking the bait to where you're fishing, I think has a lot to do with it too. Definitely. Making sure that presentation is right for them. Making sure the color's right, especially on the top waters when they're going to see it from that depth. Make sure yeah. the movement is correct. Yep. Is a lot of it for sure. Um, so what are some of the areas like this time of year you're looking at fish? Cause, cause to me, it's like a lot of fish still in those early mm-hmm. patterns where they're they're you know, you're catching around the inlets, but they're starting to be fish and they're not their winter holes, but like areas near their winter holes for sure. Yeah. They're in that kind of transition state. Um, I mean, I'm looking for a lot of current flow and deeper water that that's kind of my main two go-tos. It doesn't matter where I'm at that like those two things typically if you've got heavy current and you've got you know a deep deeper water there's some kind of or a drop off yeah there's going to be some kind of structure there whether it's you know a giant sand ledge in a creek um an oyster bar down in the river somewhere whatever you know there's going to be some kind of little piece of structure that they're going to sit on and i'm targeting the whole thing because it doesn't it depends on kind of the tide and which way the current's going to how they relate to that piece of structure. So don't just go fish, you know, if you know there's a ledge and a creek where it goes from three feet to eight feet, don't go just fish that. Fish that plus, you know, everything behind it. Right. Because depending on how that water's coming across and how the current's moving, may position those fish farther back one day, may fish, you know, they may be closer, tight, tighter to it another or different in the tide cycle. Yeah, and you'll so, see current seams and breaks and stuff on the surface, but there's also current seams and breaks underwater that you don't see. Yeah. Little areas that are, um, you know, fish will hold that you can't see on the surface. So um, that's definitely really important. And one thing that, that I always like to share with people, like Mike said, is like, don't, same thing with like a bank. Like if you pull up to a bank, start if there's no other boats on it, you know, trout fishing, a lot of times boat, more boats will fish closer to each other than redfish. Yeah. Um, but if you've got a, you know, a couple hundred yards of bank, or a hundred yards of bank, hit stop, hit a section for five minutes, then kill the trolling motor or pull the anchor up, drift back 30, 40 feet, stop again, fish that. No. <coughs> Two days ago, you know, we'd, we caught fish on a couple different banks and it was never on the first spot I pulled up to, you know, we'd, mm-hmm. we'd drop, drop a couple times and finally find where they're sitting and get kind of stationed right. Um, and, and start catching them that way. So yeah, it's, it's important to, to be mobile within a spot. Yeah. So, and I would say, and that just comes down to a, like, I will say this time of year, if it's low tide and you're kind of struggling on finding fish, take the time right around, go see what's on the banks, go see what you can see in the water. The water's cleaning up right now. It's getting colder, you know, sediments dropping out. It's getting more oxygenated. Take that time where we have better visibility. Go ride some of those areas on your boat. Look over the side, see what's there and mentally get a map and a layout of what you know those areas look like so that you know when you come back all right this read or you know there's this amount of oysters sticking out right here i want to be 10 15 feet off of this or whatever you know really pick those those places apart for sure um and that's going to make you the next level of trout fisherman from wherever you're at right now yeah it's it i, I feel like that's what so many people struggle with is they just go like hit you know five spots but just hit that one little section of a spot yeah um you know trout trout are in so many areas there's so many there's so many spots that i bet 50 trout hold at all fall that never get hit you know what i mean because there's 
And me saying 50 trout, I mean, like, there's probably good numbers of trout on a spot that doesn't really get trout fished. Mm-hmm. Because they'll they'll just find a good piece of current where bait's flowing across it, and they'll sit there. You know, the amount of times I've been surprised by trout, it's way mm-hmm. more than redfish. Like, usually redfish, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense you're here. Like, I, I, I'm looking for them in a spot. But trout, sometimes it's like, okay, weird. That's weird that I caught a fish there. Like, I'm going to sit here and try to fit. And then it's like, bam, there's another one. And, like, you mm-hmm. kind of figure out, okay, well, I see how the current's pulling off this oyster bar. Yeah. And there's kind of some bait back in this eddy, and there's another current coming off this creek, and they're kind of hanging out in that tail out between the two currents. Like, that, it, it's, I mean, honestly, it'd be, I don't know, it'd be cool to just go put the boat in the water and go hit a bunch of stuff that you've never fished before. And, like, does, that doesn't look, I don't know, this is probably dumb. That doesn't look fishy, and, like, just yeah. see if you catch trout. Um, but that's what's well, so, so great about trout is, like, you know, there's so many places to catch them and so many ways to catch them. And, like, too, I mean, I think this was the thing for me is, like, I'm really bank-oriented a lot of times, especially, you know, like, guiding. It gives your client somewhere to cast. Right. You know, it's a mental note to help them cast. Whenever you pull up and it's just a wide-open area and you're, like, cast at 12 o'clock or off the bow, they're, like, you want me over here, over there, you know? And it's, like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, you already know how to break it down and that kind of stuff, like, Pull yourself off the bank, look at the water in a different way, and fish, you know, fish a larger section around what you normally would fish. And it's, sure. you know, it's going to open you up to where those fish are sitting in a different locations. Definitely. So, Definitely. um. Yeah, that's one thing that when I got it in Louisiana taught me a lot is like, because those big fish down there, they're usually not on the bank. Yeah. But then you start fishing off the bank and then you start to realize how, how many other fish are orienting on offshore structure or mm-hmm. secondary ledges or underwater points and stuff like that. Yeah. And you start to, it just opens your eyes to so much more. Like the fish aren't just orienting to stuff that I can see that's also sticking out of the water. There's yeah. so much going on underwater, which you already have that mindset offshore, mm-hmm. but inshore you just start to think about like, all right, what's coming out of the water? Where's that structure? Like, um, and you know. 95% of the other people in the water have that same mindset and are hitting the same thing. So to increase your chances, you know, even if you only hit three other pieces of water that everybody else can't see, those are probably spots that get fished 5% of the time. If right. that, whether it's luck of the draw by somebody or somebody else that knows that that's there. Yeah. Like so. the one, one, that point on that island that you were catching fish on. Like I always catch them on, along the bank on that point, but you were yeah. catching them like 50 yards off the point further out into the open. Those fish were... And, yeah. and I, when I'm there at low tide, there's all these rolling oyster humps in there. And so those fish yeah. are sitting down in those little troughs and just coming up and eating bait that's coming over top of mm-hmm. them. So it totally makes sense. But when you're not looking at that at a higher tide, you're not thinking yeah. about that always. I mean, there's a lot of spots where I'm sure people, listeners do and where you and I think about that. But it's way easier to overthink. Like, or yeah. like look over and not, not actually play into your fishing mm-hmm. when that tide's too high over it. So Yeah. Come on. Nope, the awkward silence. Five-minute <laughs> five awkward silence here. Um, so trout tricks, DOA shrimp. Mm-hmm. If you were going to tell someone, if someone's like, hey, I want to go fill a tackle box up with baits for trout season, let's both put five baits in it. Um, five different baits. It doesn't have to be your five favorite baits. So just you say five, or you say one, I'll say one. We'll go back and forth. I think and say why you like it. One thing that's way overlooked is jerk baits. Yeah. I know I'm terrible about it. Because I don't pick them up until it's striper season in December, January, February. And then I'll go out and I catch trout on it. I'm like, why haven't I had you on right. for the last two months? Right. So jerk baits, I think, you know, 
whether it's suspending, floating, that's the one difference I feel like that I have. Um, for striper season, I'm always fishing a floating jerk bait. Just that way I can rip it and hit it into a stump. And if it gets kind of hung up, give it a little slack. And most of the time they'll float up and around it. But, you know, having some floating, having some, some suspending or slow sinking ones, I think are, you know, those are really key for a for lot sure. of the trout fishing. Because you're covering, you know, either structure that's five six feet down you want to be in that three to four foot zone um or even deeper and being able to work it slow just get that little flash twitch 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 let it pause and it just kind of sit there slowly sink in the current i mean it can be deadly so mine would be a mirror lure uh mr17 and a heavy dean and that's going to depend on your current flow if you're heavier current fishing the heavier bait lighter current fishing the lighter bait no current fishing the lighter bait the 17 as opposed to the heavy Um, just a great bait um i don't fish it enough but the heavy dean has like a lot of times when the doa is crushing it like that you put on a heavy dean and find the right color it crushes it too like in that yeah when when you're catching them in fast current on doa you'll catch one a heavy dean in fast current as well and sometimes they eat that heavy dean even harder than they eat a doa so yeah um next up for me is going to be the senate z-mans actually yeah um especially yeah slow when we get late into the winter i feel like that that's a killer bait for me thank you so uh any pro, any specific profile um no i feel like the scented ones don't come in like your standard i mean they do have some of the standard ones but to get the colors that i want a lot of times um i'm not a big fan of like the pogey style or yeah. whatever they're called where they're kind of that round <coughs> taller profile i feel like that's <coughs> They fall flat on their side. They just don't swim the way I want them to. Maybe I'm not rigging them right. But um, the longer ones, um, I don't even know. But they're kind of like jointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the pad- paddler. Uh, they're not paddlers. Um, it's the scented. Scented I, I jerk chads or something like yeah. that. I will fish that. So. It's a longer skinny profile. Mm-hmm. It's like a, It looks like a stretched out swimming trout trick. Yeah. But exactly. it's but it's joint but it's like articulated in the sense. Yep. Um, next one, top water. You know, mm-hmm. take your choice. There's so many great top waters out there. But I've been fishing the Berkeley top waters, the their saltwater edition stuff, um, the J Walker 100, the 120, yep. um, or the 110, and and really liking those baits a lot. Yeah. Good pitch. Really good walk on them. So. I would say and and don't. I mean that's the thing with trout like. You, one day it can be uh, one knocker is the best, and then the next day, you know, it can be the little higher pitch, multiple BB rattle kind of deal. Right. You know, right. it just have a few things in your arsenal to be able to track. For sure. So um, Next for me would be just slow rolling a swim bait. Just mm-hmm. a, like a four-inch diesel minnow on a on – a, I, I, when I'm slow rolling a bait, mid-water column – I don't like the Texas eye. I like that exposed hook, sawfish mm-hmm. or redfish eye, three sixteenths, or um, step down that size a little bit if there's not too much current. Yeah, just trying to ride that mid water column or lower water column on a slow retrieve, and a lot of times no twitching even. I don't think twitching necessarily hurts, but just yeah, throwing it out there, letting it sink to the bottom, then like getting a couple uh, foot off the bottom, and just slowly reeling it back. They can't. In. They can't see how slow that is. Oh, sorry. Slowly yeah. reeling it in. And when we say slow, I mean, it's like one, one thousand, one, one thousand. Yeah, so exactly. And, I and say that is one pain. rotation, one, one thousand. 
painstakingly slow some days during the winter, but it will get bit. It will get bit for sure. So, slow rolled diesel minnow is pretty pretty deadly. Mm-hmm. Let's see, is that five? That's yeah. Give me one more. Um. Ooh. You got one more trout trick. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, trout trick. I think for trout trick, for me, is the versatility of it. Yeah. Because you know it comes in what like a standard five six inch yeah. whatever. But there's times where I get a little farther into the winter or they want a little different profile. I love just being able to cut the head off, you know, cut a half inch off, especially when they're really feeding on a trout trick. You can make one of those things last. I mean, they already last forever because it's Zemian, you know, plastic. Right. But once the head starts coming off, cut it down a half inch, you you can roll again, you know. Heck yeah. So Z-Man trout tricks are awesome for that. Remember, uh, this just for some reason just reminded me of that time we were up fishing the Pamlico Sound. And we got around those old dock pilings, and we're just smashing the redfish. And they were eating any white soft plastic. Like, we, yep. we weren't catching on anything, but it had to be white. And then we started – we didn't have white baits anymore because they were so torn up. So we were putting on just chunks yeah. of white soft plastic and bouncing on a jig head, and we were calling it white trash. And we were getting we were like, give me some white trash. Give me some white trash. Get out of here. God, that was a blast. That just shows sometimes they can get so keyed in on a color, just like movement that stands yeah. out in that stained water, that white um, – then that was redfish, but that, that just reminded me of that story. That I mean, funny. we caught trout and everything on that trip. That's true. Like, you know, it was, but that white color. Bay River, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a Bay fun River trip. out of Oriental. That was so. a cool trip, man. That was, we caught a bunch of nice trout. The, the trout, I still swear the best tasting fish I've ever had were those two <laughs> trout. We've had no seasoning, nothing, just some tinfoil, and we put them in a fire and cooked them. And yeah. Those were freaking good. No fork. We were like eating them like caveman <laughs> style. Uh, so, for those of y'all that don't know me and Judd super well, we, uh, in college, we probably fished more than we went to class, and we would just get these uh, wild hares to go take trips sometimes. So, whether that was to the Pamlico, we've been to the Keys, we've been to Louisiana together, but every trip, we never, we never planned very well. No. We just went and... Just whatever threw a bunch of stuff happened. in the truck and yeah. slept in the back of the truck or camped beside it. Yeah, whatever happened happened. So we have some, we have some great travel stories. Yeah, and like the, we did so much of it, and a lot of North Carolina stuff going up the mountains for the weekend too. And yeah, the, the, they'll just like pop in like a memory that I have never haven't thought about <laughs> since it happened. I'm like, holy crap, I forgot about that. Uh, Which is what the, that white yeah. trash thing. We for probably three or four weeks we were just like saying white trash, white trash. <laughs> Then we come back down here and we couldn't catch a single fish on white trash, yeah. but it was still We were saving. We were taking perfectly good gulps and cutting them in half and fishing them. <laughs> I got to fish the white trash. Oh, uh, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It reminds me of the time where Todd, or when Todd Jordan used to always say, getting some play. You remember oh, that? yeah. He'd be oh, getting yeah. a bite or a fish would wake up on his topwater pocket and be like, getting some play. I'm getting some play. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well, guys, we hope that y'all's trout season is good. We're going to do another trout podcast next week. Um, I'm gonna bring Captain Ozzy on from the um, New River North Topsville area. Talk about some trout fishing with him, and uh, we're looking forward to that. But tight lines, my friends, and we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>